We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. At Veterans Minimum is where you can reach the show. At The Lamb Show is where you can reach me. And my guy is back. It's been a while. We've been chopping it up for about 10 minutes before we started recording. I had to get my guy Jay on because this last dance, bro, five and six, heavy Nick bass, as you can see from the cap. What's good, brother? Welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. Um... Knicks, man. Of course, you knew it was coming for us. I was waiting for when. I know it, you probably heard this too, but there was a lot of leaks for everything, and everyone's seen almost like all eight episodes. And I even got the leak, but I don't want to see it. I was like, I'll wait for the Nick part to surprise me, you know? Because like we know it's gonna happen, but it's just gonna play out a little bit more vividly. Bro, not even that, dude. When if you go back to part one and two, like the first two minutes of it, Pippin's dunking on you, and you're like, yo, what the fuck, man? I can't even get – already we just being violated. Exactly. Off the rip. But, hey, that was, that's what MJ did. Yeah, man. This was uh, – where, where do you stand as far as, like, how you've been 
how do you feel about this documentary so far? You know, like I, I've been asking everyone that I've had on because, you know, we're roughly the same age, right? You're like a year younger than me, I think, or two years younger. Yeah, more or less, but, I'm 91. So Yeah. Oh, you're 91? Yeah. Oh, me too. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Same. yeah. Um, yeah, man. So like for us, right, and we're both big basketball fans and especially ride or die with the Knicks. And we've always heard stories about MJ. And I remember a lot of the 90s teams, like the highlights. Shit, they honor these 94 Knicks so much at the Garden that I forget that they didn't win. Right. But how you feel about everything that you're seeing so far, man, with MJ? Because this is like the most exposure we've really gotten from from Jordan and the Bulls. It's true. Personally, um, I loved ball growing up. I was more baseball. But then basketball came a thing when I was later. And it was always a thing because my dad loved it. Big Nick fan. That's why I'm a Nick fan. But he hated Jordan. So, like, it makes me think, like, if we were our age now, then maybe even teenagers because we were toddlers. Pretty um, much, yeah. Would we have this affinity for Jordan? Would we love him? Would we still call him the GOAT? Would we hate his guts? Um, would we still be rocking the kicks? I think that's a guess. But, like, it's made me think, like, you know, we've always heard the stories. We know what's good. Like, we know the Knicks never won because of him. Those were our glory years. It really hasn't been good since 20 years plus uh, being almost irrelevant besides, like, Melo's, you know, little arc uh, of Knickerbockham. But I, I love it. It dropped at the right time. It was supposed to come out on June. But, you know, they pushed it pushed it earlier. Luckily, Bron put some some fire behind that. He was like, yo, just let this rock. I'm glad he did that. Probably a few more people did the same. But it's just, like, perfect for us. It's like – and I like on Sunday nights, it's like everyone gets together and they're watching it. You know, it feels like that. You, especially now during COVID, you don't really chill with people. Like, mm-hmm. or you might. You know, I don't – you know, no shame on that. But, you know, everyone's together. You're watching it. You're talking about it on Twitter. You're talking about it in your group chats. You, you know, talk about it the next day like we're doing. So it gives us something to do, some semblance of normalcy. Um, so I think it's perfect. And it, it's just good material. Bro, the power of social media sometimes can be so dope, right? Everybody hit Twitter when all this happened and they canceled the NBA. Shit, they canceled the NBA on my birthday. That's when shit really hit the fan, March 11th. I remember that game, man. Next yeah, yeah, man. That W, that was the last game I saw, man. They beat the Hawks and that's it. Yeah, and uh, I, I just remember because <clears throat> I work in the city. I'm a street vendor. And, yo, literally the day after, bro, like half the business just went down because nobody was in the city. And I think it really took some shit like the NBA to be like, yo, let's fall back. This shit is for real. And then that's when everything, it was a domino effect, bro. Because, yo, and I'm going to be honest with you, bro. In the beginning, I was kind of like, man, this is just the flu. It's just because I didn't know nothing about it. You know, and I feel like a lot of people were kind of like, ah, it's all the way out there. Sure, some people are getting infected, but I'm not going to front like I'm a doctor because I'm not. But I think when something like the NBA is like, yo, we're canceling, like it's, it's postponed. And that's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. You but saw the other just... sport, too. As soon as they did it, it's like chain reaction. Like you said, domino effect. We go bear thing happens. Chris Paul's like, yo, I don't know. Good call by him, honestly. And like. A lot of shade on Rudy for, you know, obviously he, he was not as mature handling things. But if he didn't do that, we might not be here. We might not have stopped everything. So, like, saving grace, double-edged sword. Um, but it's, it's just wild times we're living in, and it's good we got this doc to, to help us out. 
Yeah, dude. And you brought up a good point before how were you into Game of Thrones at all? I was definitely. So, like, yo, this shit kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones in the sense where, like, you know, mad people are tuning in to one specific thing, yeah. 9 o'clock on Sunday. And, you know, all your boys and, and, and all the girls, you know, and family members are all just like, yo, we're watching this shit. And then you have, like, your group chat just shooting the shit. So it's been pretty cool that you, you got every, everyone that's a sports fan. And not even, like, I, I heard some of the numbers that this shit is getting. It's like, it's like playoff numbers. Yeah, as far as ratings go, it's it's crazy. The memes that come out of the content that they post, the memes that already live that they're just repurposing for specific moments within the docs. It's all it's gold. Yo, so let's let's talk a little bit about parts five and six. Uh, for me, probably my favorite, and one of the reasons why is spoiler. If you guys haven't known, kind of a degenerate. So when they went, when they went full base, bro, on the gambling stuff, because it's always been like a folk tale, and you've always, especially like if you were into sports betting or if you just gambled on anything, you just always heard these stories about MJ. Like he was such a degenerate. Like you saw him doing the shit with the coins, and then that dude who's a meme now, he yeah. hit him with his own shit. Like RP to him. I already passed away. Yeah, yeah. That he was with the Bulls forever. That's that's a meme I've seen the most today, honestly. Yeah, dude. So he's doing that shit with the yeah. He hits him with his own <laughs> shit. Um, and you saw Jordan was tight. Jordan was like, "Damn, yo." It's, but yo, thanks so much to like his a lot. Like I, I, I gotta agree. I, I think I enjoyed it the most out of the six so far. Not only because of the Knicks stuff, but like the Olympics was cool. Like Olympic sevens are probably one of my favorite Jays. That was cool seeing that. Seeing him get the fits off. Talking about the gambling. Gambling with his boys in the back of the plane, gambling with his boys in the front of the plane, like, you know, seeing the competitive drive and every facet. Even that Atlantic City story was just like, it was a, it felt like a fable, like a, a tall tale. And then they break it down and you're just like, whoa. And then they break down, what if it happened now? And it just like, everything clicks and you're just like, mind blown, mind blown. Bro, we're definitely going to be jumping around a lot because you just ran through so many things. And just like as we're going, because right now, you know, I didn't really prepare anything. I just got my Twitter up. So I'm like, oh, shit. I see some of the stuff that I was tweeting about. But I really want to talk about this AC story because my pops, when when him and my mom first linked up, they used to go to AC all the time. And obviously they're playing the Knicks and whatnot. And he was telling me about how crazy the coverage was in New York about that story. But not so much like on a national level yet until days after. But dude, you always heard these stories about MJ and yo, you think that shit happens nowadays, bro? Like if social media was around then with Michael Jordan, just in between game one and two, like, bro, you're a Giants fan, right? Yep. We are still hearing shit about that fucking boat trip. Yeah, exactly. So like you can only, it, it blew my mind that it took two days for a story to come out when that couldn't happen today it just mm. wouldn't happen today someone would see it a picture a video um someone would have gotten whiff of it but before he got to his hotel you know so it's like were would the coaches have been calling him would management have been calling him like you know and then he tells these tales like oh i was there on time you can't really you know you don't know if he was or was not because it's like everything wasn't as documented but no chance that happens today. Bro, there's stories about Lawrence Taylor when he used to play with the Giants, how Bill Parcells used to say, 
for him, for me to get the best out of him, I got to let him be crazy. Like that's the way he controls himself. So he's like, yo, all I would tell him is that, yo, team bus leaves at 10 on Sunday. <laughs> it's like, I don't care what you do, bro. Yeah. Closed eyes, closed ears, but you better be on that bus. And dude, it's something, how you feel about this one right here? It's, it's something I always say, and I feel like it applies to a lot of things and not just sports, but just in general, bro, where even at like your place of work, right. Or, or even students and shit, when you're in a, in a classroom, people put up with your bullshit if you're talented. And I feel like some of the shit that we've seen with MJ, like, bro, he was a dick. Like he was an asshole to a lot of people. And I, I do feel like greatness takes some pettiness too, but I feel like people just dealt with it because it is, is Michael Jordan and he's winning all these rings and, and he's the best player in the world and scoring titles and all that doing it on both ends. So how you feel about that? Where people just put up with your BS if you're talented. It sucks. Sometimes it's like, you know, people get away with a lot of things when they have status or celebrity. Um, when you talk about MJ, it's kind of like, he's, he's a different breed. He, he's one of one, you know? So it's like even the few episodes beforehand where they get to pan in between the dynasty runs in the nineties and him coming up in the eighties, whether mm-hmm. it was Laney, UNC, early, early Jordan years with the Bulls. So it's like some of that stuff was new to me. And like, even seeing the numbers he would put up, the dominance, the 50 plus with no threes. So like the buildup to get to these episodes you just see how nice he was and how good he was and why he's held on this pedestal, why people treat him a certain type of way, why his brand is so iconic and it keeps on living. Um, that most times I tell you, I don't agree with that. People should get in trouble if they're, you know, in the wrong. When it comes to MJ, I'm going to say, you know, screw it. You know, he get, he gets, he gets to pass because he's MJ and that's just what it was then. It's kind of what it is now. Obviously, he's under, under a little bit of microscope. Uh, I think they even highlighted it with the politics. They they mm. got into that for the first time. Um, and that's something a lot of people spoke about that, you know, I knew a little bit about it. But the fact that he spoke on it was, was good on him, was good on the doc to cover. Um, makes for a good talking point now and for people on social. But, like, I don't know if what he said was more of a cover-up or if it's true, but at the same time, like, if you don't want to endorse someone, you don't got to. And if you're not endorsing anyone, it doesn't mean, you know, you don't know what party they're for. You can make that assumption or guess. But um, I think MJ gets the pass forever. Yo, that was another thing, how we always heard that bar, you know, Republicans wear Jordans too. Yo. Right? And I heard that and I was like, yo, they're yeah. fine. about it. Yo, dude, it's crazy, though, because the way he explained it, I kind of believe him, where he was just like, yo, we were on the bus talking, BSing, and it kind of was just like a throw. Like, how many times are you chilling with your boys, bro? You just say some dumb shit, like, in passing. But there was a reporter there, and they just jotted it down. Like, that just happens all the time. So, a lot, you know, like, even shit, when I be streaming on Twitch, I'm sure I say some dumb shit. I'm just talking for hours. So, something's going to slip up. So that's what I felt like with, with, with Jordan in that sense. He kind of just, like, threw it out. But then uh, on the flip side, he was really all about his business, bro, and his brand. And he, he said it a lot how he didn't want to get sidetracked with shit that he didn't know. And he's like, I let my play do the talking. And I feel like you got to respect that, too. You have to. It's, it was 
it was the foundation for everything that he was and everything that he is. Even to this day, he's about his business. He's the owner. He got the sneaker lines. He's, you know, got this Team Jordan with Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic. So, like, he's, like, he's going to keep living. The jump man's going to keep living forever just because of who he is and, and his values and stuff. So, it's, like, even though he's portrayed as, like, an asshole sometimes, maybe greedy, Republican, all these monikers and, and little terms, he's still MJ. And you see that he gets the pass for almost everything and anything. Did you know all that stuff about his mom playing a role in Nike? Because that that was new to me. I can't front. That's that's. I was gonna mention that next because I was that blew my mind, and I didn't even know he liked Adidas like that. But obviously, Adidas was kind of cool back then. Um, I just didn't, you know. His mom was just like, "Yo, just take the meeting," and I guess it applies to everyone when they tell you, "Yo, just take the meeting," you know, like right not take the deal, take the meeting and figure it out. And, you know, this is just another story where, what was it? They were supposed to make 3 million the first year. They made 124. Like that's outrageous. Bro, that got to be one of the best investments of all time, son. I saw someone said, uh, Adidas, uh, the Portland trailblazers of the sneaker industry. And I just burst out laughing because, you know, they let MJ go. <laughs> like, it's it's hard to fathom for even the people. Imagine the people at Adidas watching that yesterday. Yo, dude, I was you beat me too. It's I was here to say, bro. They probably they have to be. They've they've gotten the biggest L so far. Like I I think Jerry Krause was holding the biggest L, and he still is. But like Adidas just kind of like came around the corner and is like, yo, tapping him on the shoulder, like, yo, I'm next. Because, dude, to just think about it, where. They did bring up a good point, though, where at the time it was Converse was like what I guess Jordan is now. Right. And Nike was still new. Like Phil Knight had just started that shit. And it was known as like a track brand. Yep. And shout out to his his, his agent thinking about that. Like, yo, I'm going to market this dude as a tennis player, like a one-man show in a team's game. It was something very unique where like now Kyrie got sneakers, Paul George got sneakers. Kawhi, like all, That's normal to us now. Yep. Like, yo, you a star in the league, you're going to have your own sneaker line, like 100%. Shit, when you play 2K, they give you a sneaker line. Yeah. Right? But, like, back in the day, that was, like, new territory. He set a precedent, bro. And to think that, like, yo, the Jumpman brand has kind of, like, it's detached itself from Nike. It's still yeah. Nike, but it's, like, how you have, like, Kanye West. Like, he's, you know, he had signed with Rockefeller and shit, but it's, like, Kanye is, like, his own thing now. Some people don't realize that, like what you just said, Jumpman feels like it's separated. Some people don't realize it's Nike um, mm. unless they see the Nike Air on the retro threes that drop, you know? Right. It kind of feels like a, a Converse. Converse is part of Nike, but it's not. It's its own brand. But in all reality, they were always their own brand. Nike acquired them. Jordan Brand was always just a subsidiary of Nike. Mm. So it's just like... And there's, I mean, jump bands, I can't say they're better than Nike, but it's like, God damn, they're pretty close. They rival. Close, yeah, yeah. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Currently, no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, no problem. Bet online has live 
daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Guys, as you all know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, one of my things is no dick, no hope. That's why Blue Chew is for you. Guys, if you're looking to last longer and go an extra few rounds, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. So nobody got to know the little secrets us legends are putting together behind the scenes. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. (laughs) How his mom, like, influenced that and then how they were talking about Spike Lee, Spike Lee, big, like probably the biggest Knicks fan out there, especially when you look at celebrity role, like that dude has season tickets. He never misses games and shit. The Samuel L. Jackson was actually trolling him. Was it two years ago at the Oscars? You remember that? Yeah. When he won a, he won an Oscar and he was like, Hey, the Knicks even won tonight. So, you know, it's a, Knicks were like on an 18 games. <laughs> I would say thinking about last night's show and just Knicks fans in general, I'm sure we all enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was just like we living our glory days, even though we didn't get to win and we didn't win in that era when we should have probably yeah. won. Um, I'm glad. I, I, li- I like seeing the jerseys. I like seeing Starks and Ewing and, you know, like small little details about just like all that fun times for the Knicks. It was pretty cool. And what makes me laugh, too, is like even the Knicks haters still getting their shots in like tweets that I've seen range from, oh, remember when the Knicks had heart? And I'm like yeah. – yeah, what is ever you know, you get a few likes and retweets, but it's just like the Knicks are always a source of slanderdom, I'll call it. So it's like we we're always gonna catch heat. It could be any day, any year. It's it's always gonna tie back to it. So you know it was gonna come with the doc, especially when the episodes are commemorated to us and damn, we blew a O two lead, huh? Yeah, dude. But also I think I think what the documentary does is show you always hear Yo, anyone who's anyone in the league always says that they love playing at MSG. And for people our generation that are like kind of casual fans, they might be like, yo, why the fuck do they want to play at the Garden? Like they win 20 games a year, if that. Yeah. But then you go and you look at the history of it. And man, for me watching that, I was just like, oh my God, what I would do to just not even go to a game because the tickets would be out the ass, but to be able to be able to watch a playoff game where like it's not a playoff like you're the a seed and you know you're gonna get smacked it's like yo they had a chance to win i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it bro because like you said we've, we've had what two good seasons in 20 years it's been it's been a rough ride man but hey it, it was it was cool to see why my dad is such a nick fan and you know because like he grew up on that stuff and like 
he, like I said, he hated MJ. My, my first basketball memory, I think, was when the Bulls beat the Jazz, and my dad was pissed. He was screaming at the TV. And I was a kid, so I didn't understand. And I, just, I was just, like, messing with him because, like, I knew about MJ. I was young enough to know about MJ. I had his sneakers and all that. Yeah. And my mom liked MJ, so, like, she was cheering for him. So it was just, like – you know, I was cheering for MJ, and he would get even more mad. It's just like, yo, you're supposed to be a Knicks fan. I'm just like, I don't know. I didn't know that. You know, it's just like, this is Michael Jordan. He's the best thing that there is, best thing that there ever is, like, at that point in time in the 90s. So, like, just getting this knowledge now and seeing it on video and on tape and hearing people reflect on it, it's just like, it's gold. Everything's gold. And I think everyone's really enjoying it. And, dude, I can't even – I mean – we probably don't want to talk about it, but they even opened up the documentary yesterday with Kobe and they're playing the all-star game in the garden. And just looking at that is just crazy. Again, another dude who loved to play at the garden, LeBron Curry, everybody likes to play at the garden. So I think this documentary, despite it being, you know, you blow a two old lead, which if that shit was to happen now, it'd be a fucking disaster on Twitter. Like people would be cutting the Knicks ass. Right. But you just you just go back and you look at it. I think it sets a good tone and it tells the history of the league where, like, yo, even though the Knicks are incompetent and a lot of it has to do with, with ownership, that's still – that place is special to play in. And when it's rocking – dude, I went to – they played the Spurs this year, bro. It was like maybe the, I don't know, ninth or tenth game of the year and they're down 30 and then they cut it to like five. Yo, weren't you at that game too, bro? I went, I was going to say, I went to that game, bro. It's like, I was going to mention before we even kept going on this, that even when they win now or they have some chance of winning with like a minute or two left, the garden is rocking and we suck, you know? We're like, we're putting out Frank Nilakina as your one, you know? I love him and I want to keep him too, but he's not your starter and point guard. And, you know, the Knicks fans, they have an affinity for him. He's a fan favorite. They love him. Now he touches the ball, he does good. It's a circus in there. And that's Frank Nilakina. Imagine yep. MJ or Braun. Like, it would be ten tenfold. On top of it being 20 years since we've been good, I think the energy would be even that much more. But the fact that they got to touch on it and show it in the doc is, like you said, it's just a – a staple to why people call it the Mecca or why they say they want to play here. It's not what it's been in the past 20 years, but it has the moniker because of what it was before. Dude, they show Kobe and it, it re they really hone in that first, that first segment before the commercial, how there was, and he's, he's alluded to it in the past too, how he's like, yo, let's, let's just appreciate greatness. And not really talk about, like, the rings. Because, like, I wouldn't have my five if it wasn't for Mike. You know? And, like, you know, appreciate LeBron's three rings. Like, yo, it's it's hard to win a title, bro. Like, when I was younger, man, I think that's – if I could describe the one thing that's changed for me as I've gotten older as a sports fan is the rings argument. Like, it's hard to win a championship because so much got to go right. Like, yep. dude, I could be the best player in the league. but if if my Robin gets hurt, like I'm asked out, right? Like Kyrie and Kevin Love in the finals, they weren't there. And LeBron had to go up against that Warriors team. And then, you know, on the flip side, last year, what if, what if Kawhi 
Siakam would have got hurt or some shit. Like, yo, it's not only you got to take care of your own, but you need, like, physically, you need everything. You need a good ownership, a good GM, a good coach. Yep. But I think this is also showing the greatness of MJ and, and even, like, Phil Jackson to be able to manage all these personalities and Rodman being like, yo, I just want to get some rebounds and go to Vegas, right? Like, Pippen's, like, the lockdown defender, and he could get his buckets too. But I think what this this documentary is really showing is that, bro, it's hard to win a title, man. You need you need players to be healthy at the right time. You need the ball to bounce your way too. It's better to be lucky than good, yep. often that's said. So for me, man, I, I think that's the one thing that's changed for me. And you see that with, with Kobe where he's like, yo, like, shit, I kind of owe my success to, to Mike because his intensity and his, like, desire to win and his, like, and they show it throughout the documentary, like, yo, we're not going to win with Collins. Like, sure, it's cool, but I need someone like Phil Jackson. And Phil Jackson comes in and tells him, like, yo, you want to drop 38 a game? You could. Like, do you want to win? You want to be just another scorer? Like, how many scorers have there been in the league and never won a championship? But that's it's the Kobe part, definitely. Like, I'd say growing up, I didn't like Kobe because there were a lot of Laker fans on the East Coast. So, I was like, why? Like, you know, like we do, we're not that good and they're pretty good. I'm like, all right, I understand you could hit your, hit your ride to Kobe and Shaq, that one, two punch, his five rings. But like after the fact, as I matured and I like ball a little bit better, I became a Kobe fan, you know, like had him on fantasy ball plenty of times. Yep. So like all these th- different things, 81 point game, like, you know, makes you, starts making you a fan. Like, you know, like all these figures, same with MJ. People probably hated him. They loved him after the fact. Same with Kobe, probably same with LeBron when it's all said and done with him. But seeing that piece, I know a lot of people had to get emotional. Just like, it's just a wound. It's mm. it's opened up again. And you're like, wow, that really happened a few months ago, like right before the pandemic and everything. And just seeing him speak on it. Something that I'll say surprised me that I didn't know too well was how personal they were with each other like right. i didn't really realize that it was a really big bro little bro thing like i it kind of was portrayed as a they were bros but like not super cool yeah um but even in the doc he was just like oh yeah he even told me here's my number and call me after he told them how to do his fadeaway so it's like they always had it and i, I might not have been in this doc but i think it was MJ speaking on Kobe, just pestering him and pestering him about his moves and his game. And it's like, that's all behind the scenes stuff. Like we're seeing now, a lot of stuff is behind the scenes mm. um, that we don't know about, that we won't know about. And obviously we won't know more now because Kobe can't speak on it, you know, rest in peace to him. Um, but that had different, man. It's like seeing him as a youngin go against MJ, then seeing him reflecting on it. Um, cause they've had a lot of this stuff in the vault for a while. So it makes me even think when did Kobe reflect on this stuff? It might've been a few years back, but thankfully we got it, you know, um, it, it was wild seeing that and just seeing how close their game is. It's like, you'll never yeah. see like Bron came up and he's been chasing MJ, but Kobe did it differently. He was chasing MJ literally like he was like him. Yeah, Bron yeah. Doing it in a different capacity. He's doing it in his own way. And like, he doesn't have the fadeaways or like, you know, the killer instinct. People always harp on him for not having. Kobe definitely had that. Kobe had 
the intangibles, the work ethic, everything that MJ did. So the fact that they opened up with that was a super soft spot for everyone. And it was well spoken about. Little Laker boy had me dying too. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could, because yo, I think the cool thing about that is like that's some shit you would say with your boys when you're playing pickup at the park. Like, yo, look at this kid in that jersey, man. We gotta watch him. Yeah, like you just know that dude from the neighborhood that comes and plays ball, and it's like, yo, don't don't sleep on him because like his shoes are all crusty, like he can hoop. I I want to also bring up the, uh, I mean, we got to bring up the dream team, right? Greatest team ever assembled, and you know, I didn't, I forgot about it. I knew about it, but I forgot that that was the first time that they sent the NBA dudes there. So I knew about that too, but I forgot as well. I didn't, you know, like I, it makes me want to see what the roster was, the Olympics beforehand, because right. nobody's like college dudes and stuff. But um, yeah, like those Olympic sevens, beautiful. I have a pair. love those. I remember getting them as a kid. Like just, it's cool to see that colorway and that, you know, even the story leading up to them opening that segment was, MJ didn't want to do it. He just came off a ring. He was like, who's going to be there? Why am I yeah. going out there? If this dude plays me more than 10 minutes, I'm going to quit, you know? And it ended up becoming, like, this whole story of a bromance, you know? Like, there's different pieces. There's Isaiah Thomas. There's that one practice that they mentioned. There's Tony Kukoc. I was thinking about Tony Kukoc for the last four episodes, oh, honestly. Yeah. Yo, where's Kukoc? What, like, why Steve Kerr on – the front of the title card and not Kukos. Kukos is way more important. He finally shows up in this episode. They were saving it for when they covered, obviously, the Olympics. Um, but it was cool to see him there, him speaking on it, how they treated him. Um, I didn't know they played twice. So that was cool, too, Same. like seeing how they dominated him and they and for what reasons they dominated him. And the fact that Mike and Pip were like, yo, me and MJ only are going to guard Tony. And they did the damn thing. And even the second game, they won by not as convincing a margin as the first one. I think they won by 30 in the first one. But Tony had a good game. And, you know, like, I guess that's when they finally got the respect for him. Right. And cool exactly. seeing his side, too, um, when he was like, yo, they don't even know me. And they're just mad because Krause wants, you know, wants me to be the next guy, be the replacement. Like, I didn't choose that for myself. He did when he drafted me with the second-round pick at that. Right. right. You know, Word. so like, It wasn't even a lottery. These superstars were, I wouldn't say intimidated, but they were so riled up by a second-round pick. And it was because of Jerry's fault um, that they treated him a certain way and they just locked him down, like – and even thinking about it now, if they didn't put that fear in them that first game, maybe it might have been an even tighter second game for the mm -hmm. championship. Um, but just seeing all those legends, and I kind of want your thoughts on Isaiah Thomas, knowing that he was a you know former Nick, obviously the way he kind of he didn't do us too right when he was managing us. Right. Um, but it kind of escapes me too about how great he was and how good of a point guard he is, and it just made me think about all the point guards and why he got left off that team. I, it was obviously politics, internal politics, because they pointed out a few people didn't like him. It was Bird, Magic, MJ. Like, they just had their troubles and their run-ins with him. Um, and looking back on it, like, he deserved it. I think everyone agrees that he deserved it. Sometimes if that's going to mess up with, like, the feng shui or, like, you know, however the team is going – 
can't have that kind of character on your team, even though he's, you know, thinking back on it, top three point guard all time, top five point guard all time, um, belongs there. And that became a huge meme, I think, when he was like, I fed the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> Choose me. <laughs> That's like the story of everyone's life, bro. Everyone's life. Came up just short. But it's hard to believe for him. It's just so hard to believe. But, yo, think about it, man. And this is actually perfect that you're on now. You're a soccer fan. Thanks. How many times do you hear these stories about international teams where you're like, yo, how the fuck did this guy get left off the team? And then you hear about the politics. Like, you know, there's there's always rumors about Messi, like the Messi click in Argentina. And you... The the one year there was that one Spain roster, and look, ultimately they ended up winning either the Euro Cup or the World Cup. But bro, like ten of the eleven players were from Barcelona and Madrid. Yep. Right. So it's like you always heard these politics. So I think I was feeling very sympathetic for Isaiah Thomas, bro, until they showed him just being a dick to like Larry Bird and to Magic and to yep. Barkley. Yep. So then then that got me thinking like. Yo, bro, how many people do you know that are even like your, like, even some of your boys? Like, I fuck with you. You're my guy, but I don't want to go on a vacation with you. And that's how I feel like that was with Isaiah Thomas. Because they knew they knew they were going to go there and just beat the shit out of people by, like, 50. Right? But they're also saying, like, yo, you know what? Like, like MJ said, don't play me over 10 minutes. I'm going to Barcelona. I'm going to chill. Right? I'm going to spread the word on my brand. That yep. really helped the evolution of international basketball. And they probably just all said to themselves, like, yo, do we really want to spend the two weeks with this dude? Like, I'm good, fam. We could win without him. Did he deserve it? Absolutely. Like, that's – to me, that's not debatable. Like, did he deserve to be on the team? That's not debatable. Now, yep. did they do him wrong as far as, like, the politics behind the scenes? That's debatable. But for me, I just think it ultimately came down to that, bro. Like, I'm sure there's some people you know and even people listening to this where it's like, Yo, that's my guy. He'll come to my birthday parties. I'll go to his crib. We'll play 2K. We'll play Xbox. But, like, you know, spending two weeks with you? I don't know. So that's what I think that ultimately was. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. You know, and they won. So, like, it didn't really matter that he wasn't there. Um, But, yeah, even those Pistons teams, like, this is a a fun one. I want you to think about it. I saw it, and I couldn't come to a final decision. But um, those – that Knicks team that mm. lost goals and those Pistons teams, those are some gully dudes. Those are some yeah. great dudes. Like, who's who's winning in the fight? Man. You know, I do think that – I think the Knicks had, like – they had Oak, they had Mason. Mm-hmm. But I think top to bottom, the Pistons were more, like, badass. Yeah. You know, like, Stark stood up for himself. Ewing stood up for himself, but – you know, if I was to just do, like, a blind resume of the whole roster, bro, like, I would pick more guys. I'd pick more guys on the Pistons to be in a in a street fight with than with the Knicks, you know? Like, maybe yeah. the Knicks' top two is better. Like, yo, I want to be in a foxhole with them two. But, like, complete roster, I think it's – like, even Isaiah Thomas was petty, too. And, yeah. you know, and he was, like, their offensive scorer. You know, he had, like, 55 in the finals against the Lakers and shit. So – I would go. I would go with the Pistons being more. They were the bad boys. Like they, the the Knicks aren't called the bad boys. Yeah, that's who. So I would. I would lean with that. Man, yeah. this this Kukoc thing though. 
I think it was dope how I felt like that was the beginning of the Euro surge. Like shortly after the, the Kukoc success, right? Like he played into the 90s with the Bulls and he won titles and he was a, a, a key cog to their success, like you mentioned. I think that kind of opened up the door to the idea of bringing a Euro in. And then not long after that, you have Dirk, right? Yeah. And now it's like, shit, Luca, KP. Like, you have all these Euro guys. Like, even Giannis is, you know, he didn't play college basketball here. He's, he's from yeah. Greece. So, I feel like the Kukoc success kind of opens up the door to, so, like, I know you had Vlade also, and I'm missing some guys. But for the most part, I think that was, he played a big role in that, man. And I feel like he deserves more credit than, than he's getting. I think so, too. And, you know, obviously it's getting deeper into the dock. So I think we might see him more because he was probably part of that second half uh, of titles uh, opposed to the first one. So, like, they'll, I think they'll do it more now that they finally introduced him. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you. But on on another side of that, like, you you think of your Frederick Frederick Weiss's, um, you know, like the Knicks ended up taking him over, like, what, Vince and, and a few other people. So, like, I think you're right, though. It gave people the confidence to be like, hey, you could be Tony. Why not? Yeah. It just kept on going, and, and the league just kept, you know, transforming. I feel like that definitely helped with basketball without borders and just, like, just growing the game, like you mentioned. Uh, MJ and the Dream Team had a huge, huge influence on that. Dude, he won sixth man of the year in 96. He was on the Bulls from 93 to 2000, as I have it here in front of me. Okay. So yeah, he was definitely he was on that three P team. So it it goes back to Jerry Krause, bro. I think he's like the ultimate wrestling heel in this whole doc. Even when they show, even when they show when they win that second ring and they beat the um oh my god, how am I forget? Oh, they beat the the Blazers. Blazers, yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about too, because when they show Clyde Drexler after he yeah, hits those, that like, was so funny. <laughs> so I've seen that look. I've seen that look on myself when, like, I might be playing. I play flag football on Sundays, and like, there's this one team, man. They got all D1 athletes all over the board, and like, we're just a bunch of dudes that played high school football and shit. And you know, we have like no brothers on the team. We're like a hockey team playing football, and we're fucking over there. And I'm just like, damn, so we can't beat these guys. And Clyde had that look, and I tweeted about it. I was like, Clyde's face just screamed, "I want nothing to do with this man." And it was, again, some of those Jordan stories that you hear. Like, I'm I'm loving the 98 where it's supposed to be current and then them going back and forth. I'm loving that. Are you enjoying that? I I enjoy that a lot. I know a lot. I've heard from a few people that were just like, why are they doing that? This didn't have to be 10 episodes. It could have been four. And I'm just like, did you want less? I didn't want less. Like, I want more. Like, I want concrete examples and I want in-depth stuff. Like, 10 is perfect. And I like that they, they go back and forth. Like I mentioned earlier, like you get more context as to who MJ was, why he was the man, and why during this run uh, of six championships, he was in his prime and he was mm. a man and he finally got strong and, you know, all this stuff. Like it's different episodes that add up to the culmination, which will be uh, nine and ten. Uh, so we got another two weeks of this. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. Clyde Clyde was the guy that everyone was comparing to to MJ, like them two are on the same level playing field. And again, man, Jordan just did not want to hear that, no matter what it was. And even going back to his gambling tales too, like he wanted to 
compete. He had that quote where he's like, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition, a competitive problem. It's like, dude, I've been looking for that answer for 29 years, bro. Thank no. you. You just gave me that one. But I heard that too. And I was just like, yo, like, like we spoke on earlier, like even he gets away with that. That's yeah. short little few words, but it's a perfect cop out because I'm MJ. I'm just too competitive. I don't have an addiction to gambling. I'm just too competitive. Like, yeah. And then yo, like they show, they show, they show the clip a couple of episodes back him and Danny Ainge, which as the documentary goes on, he's like one of MJ's boys, I would say. Cause like yeah. they go golfing together and they talked a lot and you know, he told them, yo, tell DJ, I'm gonna have something for him. Dennis Johnson. Right. And then he drops like 60 and then fast forward going back to the jump cutting. And you're right. I think it sets up everything that we're seeing about MJ, how all those moments in the past explain to you why he is who he is. And he tells magic Johnson when he's working with NBC and he's like, yo, bro, he's not like, watch what's going to happen. And at the time, he hit five threes and a half, which was an NBA record. And then Clyde just had that look like, yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. That's funny, too, because I think they they showed him when he was on, uh, I guess, when they played the Suns in the finals, no? Yeah. So Danny again. I I remember seeing him again. Yeah, okay. That's hilarious. And And that was another one, too, man, where I saw Barkley was trending. And a lot of people, they look at Charles Barkley as, you know, if you're under 20, bro, like, shit, I feel like an old head saying that now. But if you're like that generation, the under 20s are the kids that just went to college, you know Barkley as a TNT guy. Yep, personality. Uh, dude that eats donuts and just cracks jokes. Um, I was going to jump into that, too, because even seeing that, like, I'd, I've known Barkley. I've read his books when I was younger, too. Like, he was just personality even when he was a player yeah but when Draymond said what he said recently and then seeing what Chuck was doing in the dock even though it was like a little bit but like dream team finals how he was so close MVP bro putting up like yo Draymond could never yeah never so it's like you need something like this and how timely is it that he spoke on it a few weeks before you know, like he, he might he might not have mentioned anything after seeing the short snips of, of Chuck and MJ and, and last yesterday's, you know, doc. But it's like it made me think of that instantly and that became Twitter topics that I saw on my timeline. Like Draymond got some audacity. How could he? Like, do you think he could even play in that era? Like the answer's no, man. Even even when he said it, I was just like, come on, man. Like you know, and I get why he said what he said or, like, mm. why he came out on uh, all smoke like that with, with the homies. But still, it's just, like, that's Chuck. And, dude, like, he's never he's never been an MVP candidate, Draymond, and that, Barkley won that. Yo. And, he, and that was another thing that, that Jordan talked about, like, man, I love Chuck, but he was not the MVP. And then he always took he always took that shit personal. He talked about Dan Marley, where Krause thought Jerry Krause thought he was an excellent defender, and he's like, "I'm gonna show you." <laughs> but like the worst the worst thing that could happen to you, bro, back in the '90s was getting a co-side from Krause because <laughs> if MJ heard that, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. That's hilarious. It's true. But yo, l- last thing I kind of want to end on, bro, because. Uh, we're running a little bit over how long I asked you to be on, but I appreciate oh, it. 
Anytime. He um it goes full circle to when they play the the Lakers in that first finals where he passes the ball. Well, he doesn't ultimately pass the ball, but he drives, passes it to Grant. Grant passes it to Paxson. And, like, there's a little snippet, a mad quick, like, visual of, I think it might be Ainge, but it might be Marley, but I'm pretty sure it's Ainge where he kind of, like, when the, they just show the shot and he kind of just, because, like, I, Paxson was wide open. And yeah. also, I don't know if you caught this, but I, was, I just started clapping by myself in my room. That was the first field goal that anyone made in that game in Phoenix in the fourth quarter. That wasn't MJ. Oh, my God. No, I didn't even realize that. Yo, think about how cold-blooded you got to be if you're Paxson, too, son. You haven't touched the ball in God knows how long. For you to just come off and just just hit, like, he was a killer, Paxson, man. Paxson and Kerr were savages just Deadly. gunning yeah. from three. That's I didn't peep that, but it's so true. Like, And it speaks to what we mentioned earlier. Like, when Phil came, he's like, yo, do you want to you get buckets or you want to win? and get buckets in the process, you know, like, cause he still had to have those games throughout, you know, his career where he didn't get that help from Scotty. Like, mm-hmm. like they covered when Scotty was got injured or he, the migraine game. Yeah. The surgery early, yeah. the migraine game, like even seeing these stat lines of Rodman putting up 20 boards, you're just like, all right, he did that. That's pretty amazing. But damn, MJ had to score 50 for them to win with his, with Rodman's 20 boards. Um, so it's crazy to see, like we said, just a multifaceted story of Michael Jordan's career. Lasting, lasting thought on uh, parts five and six, my guy. Um, I'm going to say it's my favorite. My favorite yeah. so far, for sure. Same. Um, it just had like a little bit of everything that I enjoyed, things that I didn't know, things that I knew a little bit about, and it just confirmed and, and brushed up on it. Um, but it was perfect. Like the reactions and like, I, I'm a social media guy, media guy overall. Um, I just love seeing all the memes during and after. And it's just mm-hmm. like, these things are going to live forever. Like you want, I got you lasting of five and six is. Yep. Shout out, shout out to homie. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> for, for real man for me i heard i was i was hoping they were gonna dive into the gambling stuff bro because i just feel like you can't tell the mj story without it you can't tell the mj story without his relationship with his pops um yeah. just everything and it's so important to his i wonder whole... if they're gonna talk about that bro like the gambling like if it's gonna be his dad's death what is it gonna be related to gambling i doubt yeah. it you know, like maybe they can come back to that because there's four episodes left, so there's opportunity. But I think if they do, it kind of confirms it, so they probably won't. Well, um, I do think that's that's the one thing just moving forward, I'm hoping to see a little bit more of because they kind of left us off there where they could go back to it because they kind of hinted at it and um, not hinted at it, but I did some research on this. You know, he retired like in September that year. So it wasn't like after the season ended, he was like, yo, I'm out. It was like a weighted decision. So yeah, it was really close to the, not, not Andrew Luck. Like he had retired two weeks before the season started, but it was within like a month. So that definitely had to send all of Chicago and the NBA just spiraling out of control. And then, you know, our Knicks ended up going to the finals that next year. They were probably all the Knicks fans and 
I mean, shit, that's probably how the Raptors felt, right? Like, yeah, exactly. you know, a Raptors in and LeBron left and you got Kawhi, you're like, yo, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's exactly true. how the Knicks felt. So I think they're going to be able to go. They're going to be able to go back to this because, you know, they're going to dive into the baseball stuff. And there's so many different conspiracies, which we'll say for if they uh, introduce any of them. But man, Jay, it was a pleasure. My brother. Thank you. Thank you also, man. Uh, I appreciate the love that you always send just randomly. Just random hit ups, random tweet replies. Always my guy, big big fan of uh, Vets Minimum. I'm glad I jumped on on pod that one day. It was random as hell, but I brought my way out to Queens. I really didn't know anybody. Chemistry was there off the rip. So when you, my guy asked me this morning, he was like, "Yo, could you hold me down?" I was like, "I got you." So you know, love is love, bro, for yes, sure. Sir. Yes, sir. Tell them tell them where they can find you, man. If there's anything you want to plug, anything you're working on, you mentioned something about social media. Take it away. Word, I mean, I'm that guy, JT, on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram. Nothing personal to promote right now, but all I'll say is just wash your hands, stay safe, show love to your family and friends. Um, keep push, keep tapping in to, to Nick and Vets Minimum, bro. My guy, I appreciate it. And uh, as far as I go, guys, at the Lamb Shows where you can find me, at Veterans Minimum, and be on the lookout. I got a very special guest coming on this week. Talk some UFC and some NFL. So stay tuned and we'll catch you guys next time. You already. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.